You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Now for those who are new amongst us or listening online, also a warm welcome. And to all the newcomers here as well, a warm welcome to you. Uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy the sermon series that we're going to do today. And we're currently on the Visions of Glory sermon series based on the book of Ezekiel. This is a seven-part series, and we are now just over the halfway line. And today's message is titled, Glory Amongst the Nations, covering chapters 25 to 32. We're not going to go to every single verse, but we're going to give you a bit of a summary of those things. We encourage you to read those chapters in your own quiet time. But before we begin, let's bow our heads and prepare our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to prepare us to listen and have a heart and a mind and ears to hear what the Lord has to say to us today. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come and hear your word. We pray, dear Lord, that as we worship you, as we listen to scripture, or as we listen to the message that you're going to bring to us today, pray, dear Lord, that we will come with an open heart and a year to hear what you have for us. May the meditation of our hearts and the words that we speak today be wholly acceptable to you. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Now, if you know me, you know I'm a bit of a movie fan. And I'm definitely a Star Wars nerd. Okay? When reading and preparing for today's uh, message, I cannot help but find many similarities of the storyline in the passages today to to a particular movie. The movie in particular is titled, The Empire Strikes Back. It's an old Star Wars movie, and the scenes within it are so embedded in my mind. Because the story is about an ongoing war between good and evil, the Jedi Knights and the dark side, the Sith. In this movie, the dark side has the upper hand. The heroes in the movies are taken out, one by one. The rebels or the good guys are being dominated by this big, empire controlled by a powerful Sith Lord. The movie ended on a very low note where the dark side wins over the rebels and nearly destroys all of the light side. This was one movie that did not end the heroes winning. Now do we feel this way sometimes? Do we sometimes ask ourselves Where is God when there's so much evil and wickedness in this world? Where is God in this situation? Just look at what is happening in Ukraine at this moment, for example. After an invasion by Russia and all the atrocities that have been unearthed from the occupation, Russia has now annexed part of Ukraine and called it their own. There's nothing the Ukrainians can do about it. But watch as Russia threatens the world and their sovereignty by forcibly taking part of the country. How must the Ukrainian brothers and Christian brothers and sisters feel right this moment, now as they're being attacked? Look at the various parts of the world, all the atrocities that are occurring out there. Or even at your own life, where you are right now, you see people who potentially do the wrong things and they get rewarded. But you doing the right things, gets trampled upon. We often ask ourselves, where is the justice in all of this? 
Where is God in all of this? And a common question we ask is, if there is God and He is good, why do people seem to have the upper hand? Why do bad people seem to have the upper hand? And sometimes, my friends, this is a stumbling block for those who have yet to come to the faith. Many struggle with their faith, and some have left their faith because they do not have a satisfactory answer to these questions. Now, friends, I do not deny that even I, at certain stages of my own life, I was confronted by this very same question. And I'm still struggling with it at times as well. But despite our doubts, we need to be patient because God is definitely at work here. Whilst we cannot see the big picture or know His plan, when it is finally revealed to us, we see the truth. We are often quick to judge, quick to get very angry with God about the injustice in this world. But we forget, we forget that we too are the beneficiary of the patience of a just and holy God. The injustice that we have committed against our God is so severe that He had to send His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and I, so that we can be saved. Now, the book of Ezekiel is a great book to work through because it does not sugarcoat the challenges that Christ's followers have to endure. It does not sugarcoat it at all. It's in your face. We get an in-your-face reality check that Christ's followers will suffer, but will be redeemed in the end. It also provides a mirror into our own inadequacies, our sinfulness, despite us calling ourselves Christ followers. That we thrive on the blessings and forgiveness of our God, but shun the punishment and rebuke when we have strayed so far away. Ezekiel 24, 13-14 writes, On account of your unclean lewdness, because I will have cleansed you, and you were not cleansed from your uncleanness, you shall not be cleansed anymore till I have satisfied my fury upon you. I am the Lord. I have spoken. It shall come to pass. I will do it. I will not go back. I will not spare. I will not relent. According to your ways and your deeds, you will be judged declares the Lord God. Friends, our actions, our sinfulness has consequences and our sins lead to judgment. The only thing, the only thing that is stopping us from facing God's wrath right this moment is Jesus. For those of us who still haven't opened our hearts to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, I encourage you, I implore you to strongly consider it. God's wrath is relentless. It is severe and it will happen. If there is no one to give a defense for our sins, the consequences is for an eternity. An eternity. 
We see this in chapters 1 to 24 of the book of Ezekiel. The messages of judgments against Israel. The exile of the Jews from their homeland was not a short period of time. We are, to- we are talking an estimated 70 years. For some 70 years, it's an entire lifetime. Just because we don't see God's justice being, invo- uh, being invoked against evil right, this, right now, it does not mean it will never happen. We need to remember that whatever we face is all still within the will of the sovereign God. God has not lost control of the situation, but He is a patient God. A patient God wanting to all to turn from our evil ways to be reconciled with Him. He's giving us an opportunity, a chance to turn back. He gives everyone a fair opportunity to do so before judgment finally befalls them. Friends, 70 years of God's wrath is a very long time. And if you have been following with the reading, we know some of the challenges that the Israelites faced during this period. We see the nations like the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Seahs, Edom, Felicia. They have taken advantage of the exile of the Jews during their time of judgment. They have plundered their land. They have destroyed the temple and they have enslaved the Jews. I can't imagine the Jewish people asking, God, where are you in all of this? Do you not care about us or the plight of your people? Back to the movie Energy I mentioned earlier. You remember this iconic scene if you've watched the movie where Luke Skywalker was having one of his hands cut off and losing his weapon, a lightsaber, to fight the evil one. He tries so desperately to get away from Darth Vader, the evil person. He's so desperate that he's forced onto a ledge. And evil, at this point in time, tries to draw him to the dark side by tempting him with power and even family ties. Join me, he says, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Sometimes as Christians, we feel that evil has pushed us to the age of desperation. And it tempts us, tempts us to forsake our godly values and to turn to evil instead. The dominance of evil and the power it wields tempts us to think that God is no longer in control. And that the only way to get out of our situation is to join others in forsaking God. But friends, thankfully, thankfully, this is not reality. And contrary to our belief, God does care. And He is very much in control. The rest of the book of Ezekiel from chapter 25 to 48 shows us what is God's plan for His people. After 24 chapters of pain and suffering, chapters 25 to 48 reveals God's message of hope for Israel and also reveals God's message of hope for us who are not Jews. Chapters 25 to 32 is going to show us how God defends His people, how God judges the proud 
and how God destroys the enemy. Let's first look at how God defends his people. In the eleventh year, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, because Tyre said concerning Jerusalem, Aha, the gates of the people is broken, it has swung open to me, I shall be replenished, now that she is laid waste. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and will bring up many nations against you, as the sea brings up its waves." then you or they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 25, 7 writes, And I will cut off from the peoples and will make you perish out of the countries. I will destroy you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 25, 11 writes, And I will execute judgments upon Moab. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 25, 17 writes, I will execute great vengeance on them with wrathful rebukes. Then they will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. Friends, God's defense of his people will not be subtle. It's not going to be a soft touch. It will not be a spark, but rather a wildfire. It will not be a chink in the enemy's armor, but rather total destruction. God's defense of his people will be fierce and he will be ferocious. This is so that no one, no one can refute it is from the Lord. You see, during the era of the Jews, it was perceived that when a nation was defeated, that the winning nation's God was deemed more powerful than the other. But here, here God was demonstrating that He is never just the local deity of Israel, but rather the God, but God is the God of all nations. His wrath is not limited to the boundaries of Israel's territory alone, but to all nations. God defends his people in the appropriate time. And when he does, there is no argument that this is from the Holy God. It was not to be that Israel's army will rise up again or that they have gathered strength somehow and come against the enemy, but rather that God in his power defeats and redeems Israel. What God says he would do, and we know that he has decreed it. So whenever you are in a rut and you see no hope inside, remember this. God does not require you to use your own strength to achieve his means. He will do so through his will. He is, after all, the creator of the heavens and the earth. There is nothing, nothing that's impossible for him. He defends his people and he'll do what is just and what is right. We may not see the fruits of his actions, but know this, know this with confidence that God defends those he loves. 
He will and has shown that he cares for his people. Whilst we may be impatient and want God's judgment right now, his judgment will come. But in his time, not ours. In his time, not ours. Next, we look at how God deals with the proud. He judges the proud. Thus said the Lord God, because your heart is proud, and you have said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the heart of the seas, yet you are but a man, and no God, though you make your heart like the heart of a God. As we read earlier in the Bible, reading the, the above passages refer to the prophecy against the, the prince of Tyre, or the king of Tyre. The nation of Tyre was a powerful nation, as you can see the map there. That's where Tyre is. They built their prowess as masters of the seas. They were renowned in the Roman times for its textiles and their purple dye, which is a, a lucrative commodity in that time. They controlled much of the trade routes in the region and was a maritime powerhouse with a strong fleet of warships and a very capable crew, and they controlled all the, the waters in the area. Because of their prowess in the in because of their prowess in his pride, the king of Tyre portrayed himself as a god, seated in the seat of gods, in the heart of the seas. He saw himself invincible because of the wealth and the power that he amassed through his reign. Well, we all know the saying that pride comes before the fall. And sure enough, it does. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 to 18 writes, Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He, He, who gives you power to get wealth. Often, we let our pride take control and think that the wealth or power we have accumulated is the outcome of our pure hard work and fervor. We forget that God, if, we forget that if God did not will it so, it would not happen. Be careful of our pride because it often leads to rebellion against God, forgetting the hand that feeds us forgetting the provider of that blessing. Pride comes before the fall. In Ezekiel 28, verses 6 to 8, God's judgment brought the fall of the king of Tyre and its nations. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you make your heart like the heart like the heart of a god, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, the most ruthless of nations, and they shall draw swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall trust you down into the pit, and you shall die the death of the slain in the heart of the seas. The very thing, the very thing that you are proud of will be the very thing that decides your fall. This was no coincidence, but rather God demonstrating to us, to the king of Tyre, that this was of God. It was not a random act of violence from another nation. 
According to historians on the capture of Tai by the Persians, some 10,000 inhabitants of Tai were put to death. 10,000. And about 30,000 of them were sold into slavery. God's wrath and judgment is severe and very painful. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wills. Friends, God is the sovereign orchestrator of the history of the world. His hand is in the rise and the fall of nations, regardless of whether they believe in him or not. This should give us comfort to know that despite the challenges and uncertainties that we may face, God is still in control. We may not like what we see. This is because our vision is narrow. We only see what's immediately in front of us. But God sees the bigger picture. And we know His will is to prosper us, not to harm us. His plan is to give us a hope and a future according to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Last but not least, God destroys the enemy. We read, Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were an anointed guardian cherub. You were blameless in your ways from the days you were created. Now for many readers, the above verses in chapter 28, verse 11 and onwards seems a little bit out of sync with the other words that we read earlier. This is because whilst we understand only from what we can see with our very own eyes, we often neglect that there are other elements in action as well. While the king of Tyre is in charge of the nation, there is another being who is ultimately in charge of the rebelliousness of nations. A quote from another favorite movie of mine, there is more than meets the eye. Eventually, God will deal not just with the injustice, evil, and wicked people. God will deal with Satan himself. Often we concern ourselves with our own physical battles and we forget that there is also a spiritual battle in the background. The reference to the cherub was a reference to Satan who was created full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. But instead of being a guardian and a protector, the cherub chose to become as God and chose to rebel against God and he led many along with it. God is not just dealing with the evil in our realm. He's also dealing with those of the spiritual realm. In the end, Satan will receive its punishment and will be no more forever. In conclusion, God defends his people. God will judge the proud. And God Will destroy the enemy. Friends, do not succumb to evil for the benefit of short term gain. 
persevere to the end. Do not lose hope. Our God knows our struggles. He knows the challenges that you and I go through. He is there with us, even when we think that He is not. He hears our prayers. He hears our lamentations, as He did the Israelites in Egypt and even in this passage that we just read. And even right now. Therefore, do not fear those who will kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Friends, it's your destiny. That's where you are heading. But know this, God has a plan and his glory will be revealed in his time. He will do what he says, and he, we can have hope as to the Israelites. And we know that that hope is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friends, even if evil seems to have the upper hand at the moment, do not give up. It's not the end. Justice will come. God's glory will be revealed. And we can all rejoice when we come before him in the end and we hear from the Lord himself someday say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Sorry, just had to do that. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the word today. It is challenging and very hard sometimes for us, especially when we are in pain and suffering and challenges. And we see the evil and those who are doing the wrong thing get the upper hand. And sometimes we think to ourselves, where is the fairness in this? Where is the justice in this? But help us, Lord, not to forget who you are. You are a just and holy God, but you're also a patient and loving God. And a loving God and patient God does not just rush to judgment. He gives us time, as you have given us time, to repent and to turn back to Him, turn back to you. Lord, we pray that there's something in this that we can take away with us today. Whatever challenges we may face or whatever struggles we may be fighting through, help us, Lord not to lose hope, not to think to ourselves that you are not in control, but instead, Lord Father, let us look to you for our hope. Let us look to you for the light. And let us keep our eyes focused on you so that we do not miss your grand plan and your glory. Give you all glory and thanks. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen.